If you're wondering what FPV or first-person view drone racing events are like, I was wondering the same thing. And I had the opportunity and was invited to go to one of the world's largest FPV racing events in Miami. And so in today's episode of the Drone Party Podcast, I'm going to bring you through exactly what that was like and what was very unexpected about it and also what was pretty expected coming up okay all right And if you're new here, welcome. I'm Christine Lozada. I love helping people to explore the world from the sky with their drones. The Drone Party podcast is one that normally highlights other pilots and pilots that do a lot more of the cinematic or videography, photography with their drones or other cool things like mapping and biology like with Kim in episode two. But in today's episode, I thought I'd do something different and bring you through this pretty unique experience because FPV drones are getting bigger and bigger, both from a racing and a cinematic perspective. And there are some interesting things about this event. So let's dive straight in. So if you're not super familiar with FPV first person view drones, let's actually start with that really quick because I don't want to make any assumptions and it's different than flying a regular drone. In fact, I I like to talk about FPV drones being more like flying a regular DJI drone, like a DJI Mavic Air 2S or a Mavic 3 Pro is kind of like driving a car, but flying a FPV drone is kind of like operating a rocket. Like it is a completely different experience. One of the things that's amazing about drones is that if you just let go of the controller, the drone will hover in the air and won't do anything. But when you fly FPV drones, nah, you gotta keep it in the air. You're actually actively maneuvering it so it does not crash for my DJI FPV on average about 55 miles an hour straight into the ground, which is a pretty awful experience to watch that happen, which I have. And the other thing that's unique and different about an FPV drone is that you're wearing goggles. And when you wear these goggles, you feel like you are in the cockpit of your drone. You feel like you're inside your drone, which is why I am one of the persons that keeps Dramamine in business because I feel very sick when I fly FPV. It's, if, if you've ever tried virtual reality, it's a similar feeling experience in that you are kind of inside of that experience. So you feel like you're literally the pilot. And so when it comes to FPV drone racing, you basically have at this event specifically, we had around 12 pilots from around the world and they are the world champions everywhere from, from Europe, from Korea, from the United States, from everywhere around the world. And they would compete in these heats. So like six of them at a time would compete in these heats in which actually, and this was interesting, they didn't bring their own FPV drones. The way the Drone Racing League does it is everyone uses the same FPV drone so that it's an equal ground. And so they would use their drones to race through this course. And the course would have different hoops or it would have like different columns that you would have to fly between. And on average, it would take one of the pilots to get through the race in about a minute and eight to a minute and 10 seconds. So they're pretty quick heats. And I will say straight away, one of the things I did not expect was to see as many drone crashes as I did. And so I just, I don't know, maybe I just assumed 
So FPV drone crashes are very, very common, which is why with some of the new cinematic FPV drones that are coming out, it's very exciting with the new technology because literally with the push of a button, it makes the drone like the Avada or the DJI FPV go back to flying like a regular drone. So you know that thing I was talking about with letting go of the controls? If you let go of the controls when it's in manual mode, oh, that thing will, that thing will fall to the ground or fly or pellet to the ground, I don't know, scary. But when you throw it into this emergency setting, it will hover and fly like a regular drone. And so I just assumed because these were the world champions that like I maybe, I don't wanna say I'd be lucky too, cause it's not that I was hoping that someone would crash. Um, but like, I, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to see a FPV drone crash because they don't, they don't, you know, they don't go get stuck in a tree or they don't bounce off a wall. Like I expected explosions because they are flying these things at like 90 miles an hour, which I was like, wow, that is fast. And when you're sitting there watching them, it doesn't seem like it's going that fast, but especially when the drone is closer to where you are sitting in here we were at a baseball park when it was closer to me you could tell that it was going really fast but when it's like really far away on the opposite side of the field it's like oh yeah kind of like watching Chrissy Yamaguchi do a triple axel on her ice skates you're like oh yeah that seems easy and then like you kind of see it up close and you're like oh yeah that looks absolutely impossible that's uh, kind of how I felt about FPV so I I thought I thought that we might see a couple, one, maybe two drone crashes over the course of many, many heats. We probably saw at least 12 to 20 races maybe. And I would say on average, there was at least one to two crashes per race. I was impressed. And the way that they would crash is normally twofold. One, they would you know, be going through one of the hoops or one of the obstacles uh, and would just nick the side of it. So obviously it would just cause the drone to fly off or crash off somewhere. Or two drones would crash into each other because they were all racing so closely together. Like the drones were right like neck to neck on every single one of the heats. And so I... I didn't expect to see as many drone crashes as I did, but it was also a very exciting thing to, to see happen. Um, and it was interesting because after each heat, the different people that were kind of monitoring the course who worked for the Drone Racing League would just walk around and casually pick up all the crashed drones and then set them back up again. <laughs> and, then, and then they were off all over again. So that was kind of an interesting thing. Which, by the way, if you are listening to today's podcast, awesome. But know that this with visuals uh, from the actual event are available on the Spotify video for the podcast as well as on YouTube if you want to follow along and see some of the things that I was looking at. Um, and so let's talk a little bit more about who was there, uh, both racing and actually attending. And let's talk about where it was held at because these were, these were all things that were kind of unexpected to me. So what was expected was who was racing. And so, especially in the world of drones, I mean, especially if you look at drone pilots for consumer drones, you will find that women are the minority of pilots. So for Part 107 certified drone pilots, women make up about 7.2% of all drone pilots. We're a very, very tiny number. 
But when it comes to FPV, it is even more male dominated. And I'm not surprised by that. I'm not saying there's no women or no women flying FPV. I mean, I fly FPV, but it's even smaller on that front. And so every single person that was racing today or at the event was a male. And they tended to be in their like 20s, early 20s and early 30s. You definitely saw them on the younger side, which uh, was not surprising. But what was surprising was who was there. And so I went to this event with one of my favorite drone babes, Mari, at the Queen of Trips. Make sure you check her out. All of that info is in the show notes below to find her. But when she and I went, uh, actually, I posted on Twitter uh, this tweet that basically (laughs) said, I think we are the only two women here not with kids. (laughs) Because what was surprising to me when we showed up was I was like, oh, wow, I feel like I'm at an amusement park. I feel like I just walked into Disneyland or Universal Studios because it's literally all kids. There's like a couple random adults around, but for the most part, every adult there was there with their child. And it was to the point where like when we first walked in, I was like, oh, like what's this? Like I wanna go get a drink because they had all of the concessions open, et cetera. And I realized that it was the school's meal pickup. They had meal pickup. And then, to be honest, I was like, oh, I wonder what the meal is. I'm just curious in a sandwich. (laughs) But they had meal pickup for the schools because they coordinated with so many of the schools to have the children come in. And when I say children, I'm I'm talking about uh, probably like third graders through maybe eighth graders. So definitely on the younger side. I'm not talking high school kids. I'm talking about children. And at the same time, I'll be totally honest, because in the end, I was really excited that they were there. And the reason why I say that, and I get goosebumps as I say this, is those kids were so excited. They were so excited, and I love seeing young boys and young girls so excited about drone technology. And I'm going to be totally honest with something I observed, and this is Christine, who used to do marketing for walmart.com and Amazon. I'm sure you've heard of these companies. (laughs) But if I put on my marketing hat, there was definitely something going on with the Drone Racing League in which they were trying very hard to hype the crowd in a way to get these kids really excited about being here because they are the future of you know what will happen with drones next and they are our future drone pilots um i have gone to schools and educated young schoolgirls about drones and the work that i do to inspire them and so i actively saw the pilots doing a lot to go above and beyond to get these kids really excited and really hyped whether it meant they spent time afterwards you know like going out into the audience and taking photos with these kids and giving them autographs or doing things like right before they would go race like really thanking all the kids like getting them all hyped up and even the venue was doing stuff like as you walked in They were giving you glow sticks and stuff to get you really excited and to make it like feel really fun as you were out there in the audience, like like waving your glow sticks around. And the other thing that they were doing is, yes, they had a moderator, like someone who's on the microphone talking from an FPV standpoint, an actual FPV flyer and moderator, Um, but they also had the actual ballpark entertainment there and so the people who normally do the entertainment and hype the crowd at baseball games were also there along with their resident dj 
And so they were doing so much to create a ton of excitement to get everyone super amped. And you might be like, oh yeah, of course, like of course they would do stuff like that. But um, there's kind of two things that were interesting to me. One is this was the quote unquote world's largest in-person FPV drone racing event. So this was like the most people who've ever at one time been watching a live FPV race. And so again, this was held in Miami. It was held inside the Lone Depot ballpark. But what was fascinating to me is when I had uh, Mari and I went out for drinks prior to the event. And as we were walking up to the baseball park, I was like, man, you know, I was really thinking about this. I wonder like strategically, where should we sit? Because I was expecting there to be so many people that as soon as we walked in, you know, you have to like run to your seat to get the best seat possible, even though we went early. And so I was like trying to be strategic about thinking about where we were basically gonna run to to sit down. And what ended up happening as soon as we walked in, aside from, you know, the meal pickup for the children, is that the stadium was, and I asked Mari, I was like, how full do you think it is? Um, I would say it was between 20 and 25% full. And so the stadium was not, was not full at all. And not only that, they forced everyone to sit together which is you know, very similar to when you go to nightclubs, right? Even if it might be a three room or three floor nightclub, they force everyone to stay in one room in one smaller area. So it feels high energy and very packed before they'll open up the other sections. And so just like that, they kept everyone very closely together um, and we only took up a very small portion of the stadium. And so there actually wasn't a whole lot of options to choose from on where to sit. Um, but basically any seat in the house was, was pretty good. And so I was fascinated by who was there from a spectator's perspective. Again, a lot of kids, a couple random adults, you know, mostly guys in their, you know, early thirties. I expected that. Um, it probably was, you know, I am a total dork and a total geek. I will 100% admit that I have played Clash of Clans since 2010. I've been on the same league for the last at least 10 years. Uh, Mass Kong Fusion is what we're called. So, I mean, that is pretty cheesy. If you don't know what Clash of Clans is, it's like a 2D app game, very cheesy, which you like battle and do war against other clans with your clan. So I... I wear the Total Geek card uh, with pride, but the people who were at this event were definitely also wearing theirs with pride. Like I was not surprised by who was there. Um, I was not surprised by who was there. Uh, but one other thing that they did to hype this crowd, because as expected, right? So the kids who was there was kind of unexpected with how many kids. The pilots that were racing was pretty expected with it being like a lot of all men, uh, younger, 20s and 30s. But one other thing that they did was they actually had one of the professional baseball players do the race. And so they taught him how to fly FPV and they opened the event with him going through the race alone, uh, flying the FPV drone. And I expected him to last like three seconds. I was really impressed. He almost made it through the entire course before crashing and 
burning at the end. But it was just a really exciting thing to see a professional baseball player out there showing his support, getting all the kids super excited. I was super excited to see him out there. I was impressed with how long he lasted. But it was just a really fun thing. So who was there and who was racing? Wow, there you go. And Mari and I were the only two women that looked the way we did. <laughs> there was no surprise. So let's talk a little bit about what else I experienced at this event and something I was so excited for at the end that did not happen. This was kind of fishy. I'll tell you about that. Um, and then also like what I recommend it. Like if you had an opportunity to go see a live FPV event, would I actually suggest that you go see it? We'll talk about that. But I think one thing that's important is especially if you fly regular DJI drones today and you're like, I kind of want to see what it's like to fly FPV. You can do it in the free DJI simulator. Info on that in the show notes below. There's also a full blog post that goes along with this podcast episode. So consider checking that out as well. Um, and by the way, if you're getting some value out of this or having some fun with me, make sure you please leave a positive review. It really does help to distribute this to more people and connect with me. I'm at Christine Lozada everywhere. And join us in the Facebook group at the Drone Party Podcast. Uh, we have tons of amazing pilots over there and we all support each other, share our latest work and also so ask and answer questions with each other. Um, and so if you want to try FPV, consider that free DJI simulator. Uh, it's what I used to learn to fly my FPV drone. And even between outdoor flights, I would get into the simulator for literally hours at a time to practice. Um, make sure you take your Dramamine before, during, and after that as well. <laughs> and so what else was there to do at this event? Because the races, right? I was telling you that these races would happen and took about a minute and 10 seconds or so per heat. And so they kind of just like happened as frequently as they could set them up over and over and over. And in between the ballpark entertainment and DJ would like hype the crowd, you know, they would give away t-shirts and they would play like, you know, the, the, the guessing games and stuff with the audience, like all the normal stuff you would see at a baseball, at a baseball game or any other sporting event. And so that was all happening as well between each of the heats. And in total, like this went from 7 p.m. until like 9, 15, 9.30 p.m. I will admit, like, it did feel long at the end. And uh, I was trying to take a video of someone who was totally sleeping behind me. <laughs> I was definitely yawn o'clock uh, by the end of it, but it, it was really fun to watch. Um, but the other things that they had there, it was interesting to see what vendors were there with what kinds of experiences. So what I mean by that is, for example, T-Mobile was there with a with a full VR experience where you could put on a headset and like look at a drone in a virtual reality experience and then fly that drone. What was what was interesting was the the directions they gave were not very clear so it was kind of confusing to figure out how to make that happen. But uh, T-Mobile was there and that was kind of an interesting interesting thing to see. Um, but aside from that, I mean there there wasn't really an experience to walk around and like learn more about drones or experience other things. You could kind of like learn about some of the pilots um, with through their photos and information through their QR codes that they had around the space. Um, but there wasn't like I expected there to be some kind of like fair 
around the event for more learning. So that was kind of light. But one of the things that they did have, or were supposed to have is the right way of saying it, was a drone light show. And this is something I've seen lots and lots of times, but only on the internet. I've never seen a drone light show in person. And I was really excited about this. And so let me tell you something that was interesting. So at Lone Depot, located in Miami, we are like literally a mile. We are right next to the airport. You can, as you're walking into the baseball park, you can hear the planes overhead. And one thing I didn't know, because I'm a California girl and weather there is amazing year round, is that Lone Depot will actually close. And so the top portion will close like a dome to protect itself from the weather. And in the instance of drones, and for those of you who are certified pilots, you'll start to understand why, they closed the dome. And so if you think about it, from a FPV, they're racing, going 90 miles an hour, as long as the dome is closed, these drones are indoor and enclosed and not at risk of having a flyaway or accidentally pelting out of the entire ballpark and going into the sky amongst other air traffic. And so closing the dome was a way of keeping the FPV pilots and the audience and everybody safe um, given the location of Lone Depot next to the airport. But here's an interesting thing. So that drone light show was supposed to happen at the end. And I was like, ooh, are they gonna like set up all the drones like right onto the field and then do the light show within the closed dome? No, they started opening the dome. And so they opened the dome. And at this point they have like, and again, right? They're trying to make it so exciting. They bring out the big, big blow up balls so that like a party, you know, like we're all throwing the balls around, the DJ's going, all the pilots are out there taking pictures with everybody, um, doing autographs and the dome is opening and we're waiting for the drone light show. And 10 minutes pass. I mean, the dome is huge. It takes 10 minutes to open the dome. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's going to happen any minute. And Mari and I are like, okay, okay. Like, let's go all the way down to the field to watch this. So we go all the way down. And then 20 minutes pass and uh, nothing. And the whole ball thing being tossed around is starting to get annoying. Because I decided on this night I would wear the biggest hoops possible. Because in, in case someone wanted to fly their FPV drone through my hoop earrings, it would be, I'm just kidding, but I was wearing really large hoops. And so I uh, was starting to get nervous because there was a lot of kids and running and movement all around me. And I felt like my earrings were at risk. I'm starting to get annoyed because now it's getting late because 30 minutes have passed and nothing has happened. And there's been no announcement. 40 minutes later, I love this part. 40 minutes later, the announcer comes on, the woman who is the entertainment from the ballpark. All right, everybody, have a great night. Thanks so much for coming out. And that's it. I was like, whoa, my guess, tell me what your guesses are. I am so curious what you think. My guess is that someone didn't properly do their homework around getting the right permissions to fly as many drones as needed for the drone light show, given the proximity to the airport and given that risk that's associated with it, they were not able to fly given the dome is now opened and these drones would be launched from outside of the open dome and into and over the dome and right next to all of these planes coming in and out of the airport. 
So that's my guess. Let's talk about whether I would recommend it. Don't forget to tell me your guess in the comments. I'm very curious. So what was interesting about the FPV race was it actually is really exciting. And especially to be there in person and actually see it happening is really cool. But it's very repetitive. It's very repetitive. I mean, there's a, I just recently uh, put a lot of New York City travel videos on my travel channel. And it's kind of like ice skating where it's like, oh, the first couple times you go around the rink, like, oh, it's so exciting. This is so fun. We're in New York City. We're going around the ice skating rink. And then the third time you're like, all right, we're going around in a circle again <laughs> and again and again and let's go get some hot chocolate and go right and so fpv racing is kind of similar in that sense like it's neat in this in the way that um you'll see like drone crashes or you'll see some of the pilots who performed very well competing against each other in later heats and performing very differently than they did in their original heats but it's the same course again and again and it and it's only interesting for so long i would say if you are easily accessible to one of these fpv races in other words you're not traveling out for it you're not paying exorbitant amount of money maybe like me you're invited to go to this and it's very close to you and convenient and on a saturday night and you have a hot babe like mari to go with and have drinks with beforehand and afterwards fantastic um but if you're going out of your way for it i don't know they're starting to air these things live on the internet each time through the Drone Racing League and on places like ESPN are starting to pick this up. And so I think FPV drones and FPV drone racing are both on the rise. So many people are not aware of it, but I think lots of people are going to be very aware of it very soon. Um, would I recommend you go see it? Yes, if it's absolutely convenient for you to go check it out. It's cool. And if you have a kid, bring that kid. Oh man, those kids were so excited. Um, and if, if it's not your thing, but you are into drones, consider checking out the DJI simulator. It's free. It's awesome. And don't forget to take your Dramamine because you will be sick after you do that. Oh, actually, if you're not wearing goggles, maybe it's not so bad. If you're just looking at the screen, it's not as bad. But this has been another episode of the Drone Party Podcast. If you had some fun with me, please leave a positive review. It really does help to distribute this. More info in the show notes below to connect with me, connect with Mari, find the full blog post, as well as info on future races. Is there going to be one near you? Maybe. I'm Christine Lozada. Until next time, send the drone.